This is Five on Three. Center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Welcome in to another edition of Five on Three WFUV Sports NHL Podcast. Alongside Lou Orlando and Samantha Bohr, I am Tyler Mooney. Wishing you a good evening on this Thursday. We ditched the morning podcast. <laughs> I feel like there's way more energy here in the room tonight. How are you two doing today? I'm a fan of this now 6.21 p.m. start. This is working way better than 10 a.m. I, I agree. I'm not a morning person, and I live really far away from here, so that 10 a.m. start is a little bit brutal. However, this is a time in which I'm like, ugh, I want to be eating dinner right now. But if I'm not eating dinner, I'd love to be. Well, listen, if someone had showed up for the initial 5.30 start time, (laughs) (laughs) Lou Orlando and I are evidently going to fight on today's (laughs) podcast, but look, let it be known that I tried. I just ran a little late because I was living my double agent life of being a theater major and also a sports person. Any whomst. Well, we're all here now. We're all here now. That's That's all that matters. We'll get right into it. It's been a pretty interesting week of hockey for specifically the New York metro area teams. We have one team that's tanking they're nose diving pretty hard right now we have one team that's kind of hovering and then we have one team that's rising so we'll start from the bottom we'll start with the rangers who they went 0-2 and 2 this week after a really good three and one start to the year they dropped two games that frankly they should not have lost versus the sharks and then the columbus blue jackets played better this week against colorado and the islanders still two losses i'll start with you lou i mean obviously the two games versus the Sharks and the Jackets were, were just not good on any sense. But can do you think there are positives to be drawn from the way the Rangers have seemingly bounced back the last two nights? Maybe they haven't gotten the results that you would want, but it definitely seems like they're playing a little bit more of an inspired brand of hockey than they were, say, over the weekend. I think they are absolutely positive. Sam can probably attest to this more because she was at the, the Colorado game. I thought that when they played against the Avs, that was one of their better games of the season. And yeah, you'd love to get a goal in overtime or the goal in the shootout to win that one, that's kind of a tough loss. But, hey, Colorado's a really good team. You battle with them. Shesty was really good. And then against the Isles, I I was digging through the advanced metrics. Shout out to National Stat Trick. For that game, they had an expected goals for of 4.66, and they scored no goals. So that's, for the Rangers, that's the biggest differential since 2008. So that just doesn't happen. All right, so I think... Isles game is a little bit of a fluke. They should have scored more than zero goals in that game. But I think they play better, right? When you look at the Sharks and the Blue Jackets, those are the two games where you look at it and you go, hey, guys, what are we doing? And even Gallant was like, yeah, we have to play faster. We have to tighten it up. I think they have. I think you're going to see the wins start to come. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Avalanche game looked much more like themselves, much more like the Rangers were used to seeing. They were finally getting back to playing that faster, more physical brand of hockey that they're known for and that served them so well through the first couple games of the season, but has been really lacking recently. That game against Columbus was just genuinely one of the worst hockey games I've I've had to sit through. Like, I, I, I mean that. It was bad they just looked like an absolute mess they could not pass to save their absolute lives and there were goals being let in that I was just like what is going on Halak's been Halak's been Halak hasn't looked great no he hasn't looked great which I mean they asked they asked a lot in the press conference afterwards they were like oh wait what was the thought about putting him in and he was like well this is not his fault none of this is Halak's fault 
by itself, which I don't know if I fully agree with, but he was like, it's definitely the entire team and the way they played, which I do agree with. But he's like, no, he's our goalie. He's not a backup. He's he's our goalie. He deserves just as much ice time as we're going to give him, which is interesting. And I don't fully know if I agree based on the performances I've seen out of him recently. But Avalanche game was better. It was a tough game. And I mean, People people called this game the preview of the Stanley Cup final, which I think is interesting. I asked Kale McCarr about that after the game, and I flex, I, flex. <laughs> I, I yeah, subtle actual flex. I had to put that somewhere in the podcast <laughs> that I did. I, I asked him. I was like, Kale, like people say this is the preview of the Stanley Cup final, and he said something along the lines of, "There's a long way to go until then, but if we see this team in the final, like we'd be happy to." Not in those exact words, but he essentially was like, "That that could happen." I think it could. The way they played in that game felt more like playoff hockey because the two games prior were just horrific. Yeah, that yeah. Avalanche game. I mean, it was people have been saying it's, it's the best game of the year yeah. so far, very it early, is. and it, it was very entertaining to watch. I mean, Colorado came out in that first period, put it on the Rangers pretty good, and the Rangers showed real great resiliency for the rest of that game. They pretty much flipped the script in the second period, and then the third period in overtime. Even you know mm-hmm. they they get that what what a play by Adam Fox on oh, that yeah. time goal oh that was gosh. truly incredible and then you hit on it last night Lou I mean they just got they got goalied they what the Rangers did to teams all of last yeah. year with Igor Shesterkin happened to them. to them now. so I mean it is what it is Sorokin he's gonna be he's gonna be the reason the Islanders win games we'll talk about them in a little bit more but I did you guys both touched on Halak I mean the Rangers are 0 three when he plays right now and he's got an 867. Well, save percentage he, he's got the third worst goal saved above average yeah too. Like he's it's I didn't not know good it was that bad yeah, i knew it good. was low i didn't know that it was like almost 850 it's That's not bad. good i mean some of those goals in the blue jackets game were rough even the winning goal in the islanders game last night you know a nice shot by palmary he was in the middle of the ice but it's something that you you want saved and that igor would probably save so that could be an issue for the Rangers, only, again, very, very small sample size. Halak is a very experienced goalie. Hopefully you can trust that he's able to rebound. And then another thing for the Rangers, too, the power play is not clicking right now. I mean, not, no better example of that. You get the four-on-three power play at the end of overtime versus the Avalanche. It feels like last year that was like you chalk that one up as a win. The Rangers are going to score on this power play. And they had chances last night versus the Islanders to get into the game on that power play and couldn't get that through, so... I don't know. I I feel like these are just the ebbs and flows of the season. It's weird that it's happening at the start because I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe the Rangers lost four straight games at all last year. They haven't lost four straight games since I think it was the end of the uh, like abridged season, like 2020 or whatever it was. They haven't lost four straight. And I mean, last, not last night, but the game of the Islanders was their first shutout. Of the season so far, that's weird. it. Doesn't feel like they've lost four straight, no, especially the way the way they doesn't. played against the Avs. Like it doesn't. That didn't feel I was like surprised a loss. to be like, oh man, they've lost four straight. That like, didn't. Mm-hmm. The Avs game didn't feel like a loss, and you know, going into last night, it kind of felt like there was going to be a little bit of a letdown. But um, I don't know. Well, I I think we're all in agreement that we're not really worried about the Rangers. No. It, you know, if this was because they're they're still getting shots off. I yeah. I think that it's you know you have to put the pucks in the in, in the net, but I think those shots are gonna. Fall as the season. Yeah. As the the, season I would be on. pretty surprised worried. if we have a two-game stretch for the rest of the year where the Rangers put ninety-five something shots on goal and only get two goals out of it. Yeah, I, I, so I would like to see sometime soon. I'd like to see Kreider get a little bit more active, mm-hmm. just because he's looked just kind of he's disappeared. I, I feel like through the first eight games, he only has 
seven shots and throughout the entire season when you're looking at like Mika's getting 22 shots Lafreniere has 22 shots Truba has 19 like I know Kreider's a little bit of a different player where he kind of works off for other guys and he's being on those deflections and those tippins but you'd like to see him be a little bit more active in yeah. the offense he's one of your best goal scorers yeah, yeah. I, so sorry, not to, not to no, cut you no, off. I, I was just gonna say that I agree. I think that it's interesting seeing the top line be activated in the way they are, and then having him maybe not be quite as active as we wish he would be. As I think maybe people expected him to be this season. I mean, even I think so far the standout for me is really true, but which I don't know if I expected that. But I love the way he's playing this season, and I love Panarin. Not that either mm. of them weren't great last year, but I feel like they look really settled this year. But yeah, I'd love to see. Cried's a little more yeah. active on it and making more aggressive plays because yeah. right now he's kind of taking a back seat. I think Kako looks awesome. I think Kako I think looks he's been too. so. I think I with Kreider, you Kako you had that. to know that he's kind of like be... he's been a streaky player. Even though oh, like, he yeah. disappeared a little bit his in the playoffs. Kreider, it happens. I mean, his that's been his thing yeah. for yeah. most yeah. of his career. Yeah. He'll score fifteen goals in thirty games and then score two in the next twenty. Right. And mm. <laughs> to be honest, that's what I thought was happening at the start of last year. Except he just kept scoring goals for the entire season <laughs> so I, I think you had to know there was going to be a, a little bit of a down drop there but and we're talking about it now because they've lost four straight if they were winning we really wouldn't be talking about Kreider that much we'd say he hasn't scored that much but the team is rolling yep. whatever yep yeah. yep so Rangers will look to get things going they got a back-to-back again this weekend in Dallas and then they get to play in Arizona which I am looking forward to watching that game to see what that stadium looks like but yeah they gotta start winning their gimmies a little bit yeah yeah they do they do and uh so we talked about they played the Islanders last night we'll move on to them I came on this podcast last week and I was like the Islanders they look so different they look amazing (laughs) and then they proceeded to go on a three-game losing streak they did bounce (laughs) back with a win last night but it still feels like Sam that this team is just they're still struggling with that consistency. You don't really know what you're going to get from them each and every night. I know Lane Lambert's been juggling the lines up a lot, including scratching Anthony Beauvillier and Josh Bailey, which, by the way, Josh Bailey's 1,000th career game would have been last night oh. at home versus the Rangers oh. if he had not gotten scratched. Now oh. it's on Friday, but it's on the road versus Carolina. So mm. I think that, I mean, that, that sends a message to the locker room that you need to get things going and this team, I mean, they're three and four right now. It, it just feels like I don't really know which direction the season's going to go. I agree. I don't really know what's happening, especially or what will be happening to this team, especially after Bellows was just put out on waivers and then subsequently picked up by the uh, Flyers. But I don't know. I just I look at this team and every time that I'm like, oh, yeah, like that was a great game. They can't replicate it the next time. You know, I think that's what's so hard about watching this team is I watch them play a good game. I watch them shut out the Rangers three and nothing, but I do not expect that to happen. Especially, I mean, not on the road against Carolina, one of the best teams in the Metro Conference, sure. But like, even if they were playing the Devils, I'd be like, well, this is going to be a a game that's harder, which the Devils were doing well recently. We'll they, touch on that. The, I mean, the Islanders looked a step behind all game versus the Devils when they played them. I, I will agree. I If they were playing like the last season Devils, let's say, the last season Devils in their next game, I'd still be like, I have absolutely no idea who's going to win because I think that they're just so inconsistent. Sorokin's a good goalie. He's really good. But it's like you can't have just a good goalie. And, of course, there's a lot of talent on that team. I mean, they're all in the NHL for a reason, but, like, you can't be relying on him as heavily. He's no last season Igor Shosturkin, you know? So I just, this team is so unpredictable that I just don't really see a consistent upswing for them happening in the near future. Again, it's like, 
I, I've been saying it on this podcast, like the talents there. I think they're more talented than Philadelphia. They're more talented than Columbus. They're more talented than New Jersey. I think they might even be more talented than the Caps, but they don't play like it. Mm. And it's like that's why, like you have those games, you have those stretches where like they lose four ones the Devils, and it doesn't even really look close. And it's like, and then they'll play the Rangers, and it's like that was I think Sorokin's best game of the best game of the season so far. I would, I would think before that you wouldn't say he's had that great of a year and the Isles probably need him to be mm-hmm. like the way he was against the Rangers last night because it, he's not like that. They might be in, in trouble. It's it, I, They're not playing to their talent level. and But now this is basically the second year in a row that you're saying that is this kind of just what they are? Is kind of the yeah. question that starts creeping to your mind. That, that is the question. I mean, they're definitely going to need Strogan to keep playing like this. I mean, Last year, he was incredible. If they had league average goaltending last year. They're probably picking in the top mm-hmm. five, but he mm-hmm. was incredible and kept that team somewhat respectable. And yeah, it, it, you guys are right. They, I feel like they do have talent on this roster. It's just they need some of these guys to be producing just more than they are. I mean, Matt Barzell hasn't scored yet. Pajot hasn't scored yet. Brock Nelson hasn't scored yet. That guy, his feel like he's good for 30 goals every mm-hmm. year, and yet he's yet to find the marker. I was reading last night. They still have no goals from their centers. I don't know if hmm. this was. I was reading this before the Rangers game. So I'm, I mean, Palmieri's not a center. I'm forgetting who the third goal scorer they got was, but scorers. that would be. I mean, no goals from your centers even before yeah. last night. What is that? Six games into the season, that's mm. something that's a little worrisome. So goal scorers were Bailey and Palmieri. Yeah. So hmm. no goal scorers from your center still, which is kind of crazy to think about. Not really where you want to be. At yeah. This point. So I mean, they got. A pretty difficult schedule coming up too. You know, they lost to Tampa and Florida. Obviously, beat the Rangers, but then they play the Hurricanes. Next two are big. Avalanche. That's listen. If if the they want to get sparked the by their win against the Rangers, that's what we're gonna find out between yeah. Carolina and the Avalanche. Yeah. Depending on, I don't. I'm not confident at all in the Isles going into those those two games again. Carolina's been so far the best team in the NHL, I think, and we know Colorado's yeah, Colorado. Stellar. I. I I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a tough next couple yeah. of games for them. I really do. I mean, obviously, two two of the greatest teams probably in the league right now. Uh, I don't yeah, know. We'll I, and I don't, I don't see them miraculously pulling out both of those wins in a row and everyone going, oh, this these are the Islanders you've been looking for a year. I don't see that happening. It's just, yeah, it's just about the consistency. We'll mm-hmm. see. It is, as we've said previously in our previous two episodes, this is a team that practically this exact team made back-to-back conference finals but it does feel like every week and every month that goes by and this team still struggles to get consistency and now every year we're slowly moving further and further away from those teams and this is an old team you know a lot of these guys are in their late 20s early 30s so it's tough to when you lose that you know ability it's tough to get it back when you're at that stage of your career, and you just hope that that's not what has happened to all of these guys at once. But we'll see. I, I think it'll be – I mean, I definitely wouldn't write this team off at all. I think they'll be in it. Yeah. But, but it's just – it's just If the entire season goes like this, I wouldn't be surprised if this team gets broken up at the end of the year. Like, you can't oh, keep yeah. doing this. Well, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If they don't right. make playoffs this year, I think You can't keep doing this. It's, if they don't make the playoffs this year, it'll be broken yeah. up. But we'll see what's going on with the Islanders. A team that they lost to earlier last week – was the New Jersey Devils a 4-1 loss. And the Devils, after a very, very rough start to their season, two games where they got blown out, they've won four of their last five. And this team looks good. They look good. It seems like every time they lose, it's just because goaltending. I mean, Mm -hmm. you were bringing up your fancy analytics stats earlier. (laughs) The Devils, according to Money Puck, they have 69% 
goals for expected goals for that's number one good. in the league yeah. by far and if you look at their wins in this past week I mean three straight wins while allowing four goals total when this team allows two goals or less this year they're undefeated their two or three losses are all when they've allowed more than two goals so hmm. Sam you know obviously we know your soft spot for the Devils you love the Devils I, do love the Devils. I mean I, I feel like I'm confident about this team if they can just figure out you have to hope you have to think that one of Blackwood or Vanacek has to get at least hotter than they are now. They're both yeah. two of the worst goalies in the league right now. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think hotter than they are right now, certainly. I think that hopefully we can be like, oh, this was just some beginning of the season, whatever, like dust on the bones or something, and that we'll we'll look at this a month from now and we'll be like, oh, these are maybe not the greatest goalies, but we'll be like, oh, these are good goalies. That's the goaltending that they need because – Look, I said in our first episode, the Devils are making the playoffs. And if they play like they have in the last few games, the Devils are making the playoffs. I think it'll be really interesting to see how they fare against the Avs tomorrow night. But because, I mean, last time they played the Avs uh, in Jersey last year, they decimated them. I think the final score was like 6-3 or something like that. It was, I remember that game and it was ridiculous. The Avs won or the Devils won? The Devils. Okay. The Devils won like 6-3 because I remember everyone was up on that press level and everyone was like, ugh, this is going to be a doozy. And then the Devils won and everyone was like, this is the best day of the year. And it was so funny. But I mean, look, you have, they've got Jesper Bratt on their team who was just actually absurd. He leads the league in points. He's got 12 points. He passed Panarin in terms of leading the league for assists. They were tied at eight. He's now got nine after Panarin did not get an assist in the last game. He's rocking it right now. They have the talent. It's just about goaltending, and we've been saying that, and we'll continue to say that. I mean, it's very much in the running for the worst goalie tandem in the league right now. It is. I mean, it's throughout save percentage. Blackwood right is 868 save percentage. Vanacek is 806. So that's the only the only other team with two goalies in the bottom ten is Arizona, and you don't want to be in the conversation with Arizona <laughs> in so, any conversation in with any conversation with Arizona. So that's I, maybe that I, would like a fun be, I am so curious say. about this game against Colorado tomorrow because I think I almost have like the exact vibes about the devil, the exact opposite vibes about the Devils that I do about the Islanders. Like I'm kind of like I'm starting to get in the Devils a little bit. I'm, they're kind of feeling yes. sneaky. Yes. If they can battle against Colorado, they won't even have to win. But if they can like take them through three periods and be, I know I said I want the Devils to start winning games, but against Colorado, if you can be competitive, like I'll buy in, dude. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm in. I'm down. Brad, I want to see it. Yeah. Brad has been <laughs> fantastic. Fun. I mean, that goal He's he scored so versus Washington last night or a couple nights ago was incredible. I, I, yeah, I'm agreeing with you guys. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about New Jersey if they can just get one of these goalies. To play, just well. give us league average goaltending. <laughs> I mean, right, like to to the Devils' credit, right? Because this is something that both the Rangers and Islanders have struggled to do. They've done a good job of beating the teams they need to beat, and then mm-hmm. beating the teams that are either at their level or a little bit above it. Uh, yeah, that's what the Devils have really done a pretty good job of. And you can't say, necessarily say that about the Rangers or the Islanders. No, you can't. I think that one thing I do want to see from the Devils is I want to see Jack Hughes get a little bit more into it. I mean, he right now has two goals, three assists, five points, which like isn't bad by any means. I mean, we're only, what, like seven games into the season. But he's the young, hot superstar on their team for a reason, you know? I mean, he's got to pick it up sometime. And I don't know. He's great. I, I loved the clip of uh, his mom and Luke at the game the other night, if anyone I did not see saw that. that. It was uh, Luke Hughes, future devil, was uh, <laughs> there with his mom at the game the other night. And Jack scored a goal. And like Luke did not care. Like He was just <laughs> like, like, he simply did not care. And his mom, Ellen, who 
it seems like the loveliest lady, takes Luke ha- Luke's hand, puts it in a fist, and forces him to fist bump her. <laughs> and I was like, that is hilarious because he simply could not have cared less that his brother and future teammate scored a goal which i thought was so funny <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah they they put the beating on detroit mm-hmm. that was good the devils i mean looking their schedule coming up yeah we've talked about they play colorado but then columbus vancouver mm-hmm. then they go out west they play a couple of those canadian teams but you got the coyotes in there the canadians you know they, these are some winnable games for the devils and they got a home and home coming up with calgary too in mm. a few weeks i think that be, be a fun. real good test because the Flames are looking good. I'll just leave it at that. They are looking good. They're, maybe maybe Ruff will have a job. Yeah, I think he'll def. I think he has saved his job for as long a time. Like the time frames, like they could go down, uh, they could fall off a cliff here, and then it'll be like in two weeks he gets fired. But I think the way the team's been playing, that <laughs> they lose five straight, you think he's fired? He, <laughs> he's <done>. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, there he, are other coaches that got fired before. The him, other though. night, he was like defending. He was trying to defend Blackwood, and everyone was like, "Yeah, like this is like, like respect for him. He's doing this, but like, he there's nothing he can do about this." No. First, the Capitals. I mean, that second goal that the Caps scored, it was like, it was it was bad. It was one of the worst <laughs> goals I've ever seen. Blackwood like basically put it in his own net. I don't think the shot may have been going wide, and then it like went in between his glove and his pad and deflected in. So it's tough to win games if you're getting that goaltending. But the Devils, they've won four of their last five, as we've said, going against Colorado coming up. And for once, it seems like things could potentially be really looking up for New Jersey. Did you guys hear that uh, (laughs) there's a a new Avengers movie coming out? No. Go on. Is this real? Continue. Yeah, yeah, new Avengers movie. Oh, my God. (laughs) Iron Man Reborn. (laughs) Because we have a new... (laughs) <laughs> Iron Man, ladies and gentlemen. I hate you. That was Phil the Thrill Kessel. That was the best segue I've ever heard <laughs> on this podcast. Is the new NHL Iron Man. He played his 900th NHL game Tuesday night versus San Jose. And what do you know? He scored his 400th NHL goal. Hmm. That's a banner night if I've ever heard one. This streak started on November 3rd, 2009. Whoa. I was in like second grade then. That's incredible to think of. Sam, I mean... It's awesome that this has happened yeah. for Phil Kessel of all people. Oh, I absolutely agree. I think Phil Kessel is just like a a really good dude. Like every team he's been on, people just have positive things to say about him and the way he participates for the most part at least. And people are like he's just like he what I enjoy about him is he puts his all into every team. He's not like, "Oh, I've gone from being a top player on this team to now being whatever insert hole like filling a hole on the roster here." And he still plays his best. I just think he's a very funny human, too. Like, the fact that he just, like, didn't drink water for the first, like, many, many seasons of his career because he, quote, didn't like the taste of it. Like, that is so funny. And, the, like, he's not he's not built like a Greek god. That doesn't matter. Like, someone literally fabricated an article saying that he was, like, addicted to eating hot dogs because of his physique, which is crazy. It's not true. But I'm happy for him. I mean... What a guy to get to 900 games. I mean, and what a way to celebrate that, too. Like you said, your 400th goal. I mean, it all, his 400th goal almost happened the other night, but was disallowed because of an offsides call. But, I mean, I'm proud of him. What a guy. And I, I love his little story of where he's been and what he's done. So I'm happy for him. I like him being the Iron Man. I mean, he's he just feels like he's, like, the definition of, like, a hockey guy. Totally. No, I'm, I'm so happy for it because it – this is, he feels like he's been around forever, but I don't think I ever realized, like, man, he's been that consistent and that durable. And it's funny because, right, like, he's not in the best of shape, but, man, is he durable and consistent. 
So yeah. it's yeah. He's you, one of my favorite players to watch. I love Bill Castle. I love him. I love that there were, I was reading a bunch of tweets and articles that were all like this man <laughs> with like a picture of him. They're like has somehow spent every single game on the ice and as opposed to like Nathan McKinnon who literally doesn't eat like sugar, carbs, gluten, dairy, anything. Like he feeds himself like a friggin' machine. Then you got Phil Castle, who's just like, yeah. I don't like water. I don't drink it. And you're like, you're the this Iron This is Man. the guy who, you know, there's been there's been all these articles over the years. He doesn't like to work out. Yeah. He doesn't take care of himself. Obviously, the hot dog stuff. And this is the NHL Iron Man. I was actually reading a story about re- his, his reaching this goal. And it was talking about how there was one. It was a summer workout. Uh, I forget when, but basically all the players are working out and Kessel was just like sitting on the side reading a magazine or whatever. And eventually <laughs> some guy was like, yo, are you going to are you going to join in? Like, what the heck, man? And Kessel was like, you want to see what I can do? And apparently I believe it was the leg press. That was the machine they were on. And he just demolished everyone. Woof. And then he just went back reading his magazine. <laughs> I do not doubt Phil no. Kessel's physical. Se- like he's he's strong. He's a strong dude. He's durable. He is what he is for a reason. I mean, if he wasn't actually in good shape, he wouldn't be a hockey player. He wouldn't be able to withstand and play through these injuries. He's he just, 35 and he's, still contributing to a, a very good Vegas Golden Knights team so far. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, this record might stand for a while because there are only like two other active guys that are even close. It's Cogliano and Burns. And they're both kind of far away and yeah. not... Well, Cogliano's the same age as Castle. Burns is 37, like... Castle's yeah. record's gonna stand for, and a I feel bit. like with these, these like this Iron Man streak, we saw it last year when Yandel was setting it. There's definitely as the streak gets longer and longer and closer to becoming Iron Man. There's definitely, uh, like, do we want to take this guy out? Because mm-hmm. it gets harder to take this guy out. I mean, that's, I think that's probably the, maybe not the reason, but one of the big reasons why Phil Kessel wasn't traded at the deadline last year because, you know teams couldn't necessarily give the guarantee i know that was remember when keith yanda was supposed to get scratched in florida and then literally hockey world lit on fire (laughs) yeah and then the flyers played him until he got the record and then i think they sat him like a few games later just because they they had better uh talent up but Hmm. creds to phil kessel also one more when i was just researching this i i found this stat and i have to bring this up because as I'm pretty sure we've talked about on this podcast before in years past, Chris Hennessy has definitely brought this up. I am a diehard Philadelphia Phillies fan. We are in the World Series this weekend. Yes, I said we. And <laughs> Phil Kessel's streak started on November 3rd, 2009. That was the day before the Phillies' last World Series game, Game 6 versus those darn New York Yankees wow. where they beat us. And now the Phillies are back, and Phil Kessel says the Ironman the exact same week. I just thought I wish that everyone was like, could see the smile I'm on Tyler Mooney's so face right now. I'm he's wearing a Phillies hat right now. from ear to ear. He is wearing a Phillies hat right now. He's also grinning I'm from ear to ear. Guys. I'm also rooting, rooting for you guys. You guys. Yes. I don't mind yes. it. If they win, I'm going to Philly to watch the parade. My yes. sister lives there. I'm absolutely taking yes. the bus down. This is a hockey podcast, but go Phillies. <laughs> just need to put that out there. If We're I'm not in an episode in a few weeks' time, it's either because I'm at the parade or I've locked myself in my room because I'm crying. So <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Not okay. really a segue. Not I much of a that. segue out of that one. But uh, no some Avengers news. Pun for this some one? news that's going down. Probably. Well, I believe they're playing at seven o'clock. So about ten minutes from now, somehow, some way, Brad Marchand is playing a hockey game tonight. This is ridiculous. He got this hip mm-hmm. surgery, as we all know, at the end of last season, and it was hypothesized that he was going to be out until end of November, beginning of December. But he said, "No, I." 
he said there was a direct quote he said i the minute that that timeline came out i said no i'm gonna be back sooner than that and look at that almost a month before he was supposed to come back he's back granted head coach did say that you know they're still gonna manage his minutes for example the bruins are playing again tomorrow night he's not gonna be playing tomorrow night but what an addition, Sam, for this team that a lot of people were picking the Bruins to have a down year in large part because they weren't going to have Brad Marchand and Charlie McAvoy. Well, they're 6-1 and one and they're already getting Marchand back. I know. I mean, you get, like, well, A, you get like the biggest chirper in the league back, which is a lot of fun. B, this is just ridiculous that he has returned. I actually had the same hip surgeries that Brad Marchand had on both hips. Um, he had a hip arthroscopy and labral repair. I had a labral reconstruction on both hips. My sister had a repair. My mom had a reconstruction. Yeah, runs in the family. It is bananas that he is back. And not only that he's back in shape, but that he is back in a way that is safe enough and physically ready enough to play in the NHL. I know how hard that recovery is. And of course, he's a world-class athlete and I was a friggin' 16-year-old dancer. We're not the same. But it is ridiculous. And I mean, what a great addition for this team to have someone like him back. And also, what a boost in morale to have a person who's such a key part of your lineup and of your environment back on the ice. Huge. I'm a little intrigued as to how he got back almost a month early when it was already only a six-month recovery when it probably should be longer but I'm not a doctor I can only uh, speak from my personal experience but hey if the athletic trainer said he's ready then great and welcome back Brad yeah we'll see if he's like anywhere close to full strength you'd think he no way he's gotta be at least they wouldn't clear him if it, he was at danger of like really injuring himself further but he's probably not gonna be fully healthy but I mean props to him this is like a full team player move right here and, uh, I mean, it's a huge boost for, for Boston because you were talking about a team that was really just trying to get McAvoy and Marshan back, and then we can talk about them being in the play for, for making the playoffs and maybe making a run. The fact that they're getting Marshan back right now after having the start that they had, uh, I think it's huge. I think it boosts the team incredibly. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking the same thing originally. I was like, well, is he is he going to be 100%? But he almost, he almost I, doesn't I, need I, to be. At the same time, I feel like he's got to be pretty close to it because why would you bring him back in game eight of the year? And That's like, right. And you're six and one. It's not like you've started 0 and 5 yeah, and 1. You don't like, need to bring him back. Win games. You don't need to bring him back at all right now. So the fact that he's coming back, I maybe mean, he just heals crazy. Yeah, fast. maybe he's I mean, just got good genes. When you're, well, maybe he does have good genes. When you're an athlete at that level, though, your body functions differently, obviously. You rehab in a better way. Also, I mean, he has access to like the best physical trainers in the world, probably. And I love my physical trainer. Shout out Emily Becker. But um, not the same. You know, like we don't have the same technology for us that's available. We're not getting round the clock care and service. So, I mean, I would hope I my one hope is just that he's not pushing himself to come back too early because he wants to be a part of it and because the team wants him to be a part of it. And then he ends up either re-tearing his labrums and because that can happen, mm -hmm. um, either re-tearing his labrums or being injured in some way as a subsequent event of him not being strong enough or ready enough and then having him out for the rest of the season because I think that would be a shame and would just be heartbreaking to be like you're you are so early in the season if you're not 100 percent, if you're not fully ready don't come back there's time but maybe he is and I hope he is and I hope he's healthy and fine I really do yep yep uh Detroit playing Boston tonight I mm -hmm. believe so we will see how Marshan looks obviously best wishes to him and if you're a Bruins fan you got to be pretty happy right now I don't think many people expected this 
kind of news and this kind of start for Boston this early into the year. So we're about wrapped up here, but we decided we want to do a little fun segment at the end here. We're about, I'd say each team has probably played seven or eight games. This is our third episode, about three weeks in. So we just decided we're each going to go around. And what's one big surprise, that something that has shocked us throughout the start of the season? It could be a team. It could be a player. It could be a mascot. It could be a reverse retro jersey. It can be literally <laughs> anything. So oh, my gosh. We didn't rank the reverse retros, you guys. We still got. Uh, <laughs> Maybe go, next go, week. Go, go. Maybe next week. <laughs> Um, but does you guys want me to start or, I, that or sounds like fire away? Okay, so my big surprise has been the Calgary Flames. Now people might hear that and be like, "What? Like they were supposed to be good? Yes, they were supposed to be good, but I did not think they were going to be this good. They're five and one, and their five wins are versus Colorado, Edmonton, Vegas, Carolina, and Pittsburgh. Those are five outstanding teams with a defending Cup champion and a couple Cup contenders included." I mean, Calgary is a team, we obviously know the big change they went through this summer, losing Gaudreau and Kachuk, adding Huberto, Kadri, Mackenzie Wieger. I thought that this team was going to need a little bit of time to gel. I thought that, you know, maybe second half of the season, we were really going to see them finally get that chemistry and pick up because, you know, these players that they've added, these aren't just role players. These are the big guys that you need to produce and they're playing together for the first time so it might be difficult for them to get things going but man they have looked absolutely incredible Kadri's got nine points in six games showing very early on that what happened last year in Colorado was not a fluke they did start with nine of ten at home so I feel like you would hope that they'd get off to a good start but this Calgary team the way they're playing right now they may even be better than they were last year I think a lot of people myself included when they made these drastic changes over the summer, it was like, okay, they'll definitely be a playoff team, but is this team going to win the Pacific again? Is this team going to contend for a title? And I think at least six games in for Calgary, they look just as good, if not better, than they did last year. I mean, they just they recovered from the losses of Gaudreau and Kachuk better than I, I think any team could have. Like, just what what they were able to do with, with getting that haul back, getting Huberdeau and Uyghur back, like, they just, I think... I've been really big on them. I think I talked about them in our first episode mm-hmm. that I thought they were going to be really good this year, and, and man, they just came out the gate strong. I, even I didn't think they were going to look this good this early. Yeah, I agree. I, I expected them to be good, but I really thought that the loss of Gaudreau would hit them so much harder than it has, and I mean, maybe Nas has kind of patched some of that hole for them. I, I'm i a Nazem Kadri fan. I like him a lot. As controversial as he may be, I don't really care. I think he's a very good player, and I'm happy to see him thriving in Calgary. So I'm happy he's there. And the video of him getting his cup ring from the Owls did make me that cry. That was a nice video. It, w- was, it, nice was, video. it was very yeah. what a start! What a start for Calgary, beating some great teams too. Their only loss True. was to the Buffalo Sabres. Who would have predicted that <laughs> going into the year? Although Buffalo is looking pretty nice. Good Buffalo, for Buffalo. is pretty looking nice. Go to you next, Sam. Okay. Um, I guess I'll, I'll do two. My, my first one, well, I'll do two quick ones. First one is how good the Flyers started their season. I was Floored. There were so many memes floating around Twitter of all the teams that were still undefeated in regulation. It was like the Panthers and like the Maple Leafs and all these people. And then it was like the Flyers, <laughs> which I, I actually so agree with. I don't know how they're ranked third in the Metro right now behind the Hurricanes and Penguins. It goes Hurricanes, Penguins, Flyers, Caps, Devils, Rangers, Islanders, Blue Jackets, which is a ridiculous standing, first of all. I don't know if I would have predicted that at the beginning of this season, but they're somehow above all. All three New York City teams or New York area teams. 
good for them. I don't know. I guess something's Tortorella. Torts going. I was going to say this is especially surprising after Torts had that quote that we talked about last week, where he was like, "There <laughs> is nothing no redeeming." Yeah, he's like, "There's no talent on this team." My second surprise is how god awful the Tampa Bay Lightning reverse retro jerseys are. Yeah, I think they fair. are foul. They are so bad. And like, I get that they're like reminiscent of their like 1966 jerseys. Like, nom, nom, nom. they're horrific. They're so bad. I, I don't think they're good. And I'll throw in a hot take while we're at it, just because we're here. Um, my hot take is that I don't like the Florida Panthers jersey. I, that was actually one of my surprises was going to be that Sam Board doesn't <laughs> like the Florida <laughs> Panthers reverse retro. I just think it looks cartoonish so and cool. childish. I love it. I love it's it, cute, but I don't think I'd pay $350 for it. I'm not I'm not paying for that as a reverse retro jersey. The Devils sick jersey. Love that it's a reference to back when they were the Rockies. That's valid. That one's actually baller. They did the colors better than Colorado, I'll say it. Yes. yes. Whoop. Flyers they're I feel like they'll not they're not going to keep this up, but one thing that you cannot deny is they are playing maybe the hardest of any team in the league. Oh, yeah, they're trying. When they don't have any talent, as their own coach has admitted, <laughs> you, the only thing you can do is play hard. And, and they are. John Tortorella has got that team playing hard. So good, good for Philadelphia and the start they've gotten. Good for them. So true. My surprise, I for me, it's Boston. I, we touched on it a little bit, but my ass for Boston coming into this season was tread water, play 500 until you get McAvoy and Marshan back. And they have gone six and one, first in the Atlantic. They've looked really good. They've just kind of cruised through some of their games. So I, I am so impressed with what Boston has done. I think that this might be kind of like their last dance, kind of run through the playoffs mm-hmm. with this core that they have. I'm kind of big on them, maybe making a sneaky run in the playoffs, upsetting someone in the playoffs. But I, I mean, my again, my ask was tread water, and they've come out six and one. Absolutely, so absolutely. Are either of you guys? Going to any games for the rest of this week? I, I believe all the teams are on the road. Yeah, I think we're. All... I think I have a game next Tuesday. Do you have a game next? T- I have. And I might. I'm trying to get Thursday because I think that's the debut of the retro reverse oh, retro jerseys is for it? the Rangers. Their first one, which look exactly like their old retro jerseys. They look yeah. precisely yeah, the same. I'm not. No, I'm listening. I'm not excited. Super excited about this one. But like, either. it's fun. No, it's a fun, it's a fun thing. Night. You might get some cool swag. Hoping they give me a free reverse retro jersey. Free reverse retro jersey. Yeah. reverse retro jersey for Lou Orlando. <laughs> for Lou Orlando. I tried to snag a, a shirt that they were giving out for free at the Avs yeah, game they, the other night. They no quit. They New York would York not teams. give me one. Wow. I, I asked my favorite security guard, wow. and he was like, if I had one, I'd give it to you, but I don't have any. And I was like, it's okay. So they're not, they don't, they, just, they don't give that out to the, the no. press. But they didn't at Devils either. That's I always had to up. sneakily get my uh my bestie Jack. You had to, the scheme. I had a, I had the I had the hookup. I had an NHL official always snag one for me and then like pass it to me under the table. Then I would run out the door before they could stop That's me. Awesome. Bruh, Sam just knows everyone at every New York or New Jersey hockey rink. Look, you gotta make some got friends. Connections. I'm I'm just gonna say she was make- on the ice. When she went to the, the Avs game, the Rangers Avs game. That is impressive. That is true. I I uh met Emily Kaplan who I've befriended in recently we in recent weeks and got to hang out with her at the uh, game and we were chilling and she was like oh let's take a picture and then the security guard was like hey Steve open the door and then Steve opened the door and then we were on the ice and then Ray Ferraro was like ah oh, hey how you doing and I was like name this is drops Ray crazy well yeah Sam he was been name dropping <laughs> Sam's been name dropping look today, when dude. you guys network like I do then you can name drop yeah, just I'm as too hard. shy to network that's what I, your network is your net worth, baby. That's all I'm gonna say. That's gonna be. My I think final that'll remark. probably be. 
time for us to go. We got seven o'clock. Islanders playing the Hurricanes. <laughs> yeah, seven o'clock. Let's get out of here. Islanders playing the Hurricanes. Devils playing the Avalanche, and the Rangers playing Hurricanes tomorrow. The Stars. I almost forgot, but I remember the Rangers <laughs> are playing the Stars on Saturday. That'll do it for us on Five on Three. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend for Samantha Bohr and Lou Orlando and our producer Ralph Barbieri. I'm Tyler Mooney saying so long, stay safe, and have a beautiful Halloween weekend.